0: Welcome to HR Talk with HR Locker. In today's episode, we're joined by Anya Krilli, Managing Director of the HR Elephant. The HR Elephant is a human resource consultancy based in Nury, and Anya has a wealth of experience in managing many complex HR issues, employment legislation, and HR best practice. She has worked as an independent consultant with a variety of clients on extensive HR products, including small to medium-sized businesses, multinational professional services groups, and gained international HR experience in Canada within the last eight years. Anya is also a part-time CIPD lecturer and qualified assessor who delivers the accredited Level 5 HR qualification. Hi there, Anya. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Hi, Ronan. How's it going? Um, Anya, thanks for joining us today. Um, I just wanted to kick off straight away, really. Uh, But before we do, uh, because we have an exciting topic to explore, I would, would just like to ask... Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, we have some listeners maybe that will be familiar with you, and others that that aren't. So, if you could just give us a quick a quick overview of yourself and what you do at the, at the HR Elephant.
1: No, no bother at all. So, my name is Anya Crowley, and I'm the managing director of of the HR Elephant. Um, we are a human resource consultancy established in, in back in 2016, um, and, and we're based our head office is in Newry. um but we work with with clients all over Ireland. Um, just of our location and uh, we also work in in the United Kingdom as well. So um, yeah I'm a member of of the the CIPD which is is our institution for for personnel and development and a part-time lecturer in in HR so um, do a wee bit of everything. (laughs)
0: Wow, you're, you're, you're definitely busy. So, so today's topic, we're discussing a few things, but one of the main ones was around furlough. Um, now, mm-hmm. you probably guessed from my accent, I'm from the Republic, so um, we don't really have this term a whole lot. Um, so would you mind just explaining to us a little bit about furlough? What, what, what exactly is it?
1: Okay, so again, the furlough was only really introduced um, a few months ago and, and we're all really trying to get our head around what, what it even means. It's very much an American term um, and essentially it means, in the most basic form, it's a temporary leave of absence. So it's a term that has never been used in, in the UK or the domestic regions within the UK until now um, and essentially it's been introduced by the government really to, to provide employers with an option to keep the employees on the payroll without them actually working.
0: Ah, so, I see, okay.
1: So, you know, the, the furloughed staff are kept in the payroll and it, it's just slightly different to a, a typical layoff um, because they're not actually being made redundant and they're not on a layoff without any pay. They're actually still getting paid to, to be at home as such.
0: You know. Ah, yes, I see. So we have the situation where so, so an employer would furlough somebody. We'll say after that time has passed then, is an employer able to unfurlough someone and how would they go about doing that correctly?
1: Okay so essentially again the, the whole unfurlowing process has, has really um, seemed to be complicated but again in terms of, of simple steps um, Ronan you know you, you can re people and, and you can bring them off furlough and, and back and forth as much as possible as long as it's for a minimum period of, of three weeks and again that there's a consent piece to this you know the employee um most certainly needs to agree to be placed on furlough leave because essentially you are changing the terms and conditions of their employment and, and as per the, per the contract of employment that would never be um including a, a clause on furlough leave you know because essentially it didn't exist um so it's just really about getting their consent and again the, the government has been quite clear on this that consent must be in writing so um it's about getting the consent in writing and I and having that on record like anything with with the government but with the HMRC in case anything came down the line that you would need to produce that document, you know. Um, When when you're unfurlowing them, they they can be unfurlowed and they must return to the same job. Uh, the, the key um, point about this and uh, you know it's not a, an, an easy way out or anything for an employer if the employer wants to change the job title um, you know they must get the, the employees uh, consent and you know that would mean essentially a change to their contract of employment so essentially I couldn't just as the employer come tomorrow and, and change somebody's job up I would need to sit down you know have a period of, of conversation of a consultation uh, and speak um, to that employee to then, you know, agree more favorable terms. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think essentially after this furlough period, it's going to be very difficult for business to know what's happening. And um, you know, here but our own region of Northern Ireland based on, on the UK legislation mm. we don't have any clear clear dates Northern Ireland is um, different to, to yourselves and in Ireland you know you have a clear timeline of dates we have a five-step plan but we don't mm. certainly have any end date we are hoping that that stage five will be de- by December so it puts employers in, a, in an awkward position at the moment again you know yes this, this period of furlough but you know what happens then after furlough yeah. you know
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. After furlough, when you're when the employer is unfurlowing or re someone, um, was that person going to be coming back to the same job?
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. They need, need to return to the to same job. Again, you know, you can rotate furlough as well. So I think, you know, it, it's some employers at the start had thought that um, you know, if, if they're in furlough and they come off furlough, you can't place them back on furlough. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's very much a minimum of three weeks. But again, you know, you could rotate that. So if, if you had, you know, 40 employees and you were working on a rotational basis, you could have 20 employees on and 20 employees off and, and rotating that, that, you know, you can keep your your health and safety measures in place, such as your distancing or whatever may, may need be in, in those areas of key workers, you know,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a big. Uh, there should be a big piece around health and safety, really, um, w- uh, when we're preparing to unfurlow people back into their jobs. Uh-huh. Um, if employees are unfurlowed, uh, will the business be responsible for ensuring employees get tested uh, in the future for COVID and things like that?
1: So again, as the employer, you do have, you know, a duty of care to, to protect those employees, and, and again, that's a, a legal um, duty of care um, in statute. So you know, really. What you're looking at there is the testing is available for key workers within the essential services. So any employers that we have been working with, you know, we have been putting a memo or an email or a notice out to the key workers to say, you know, obviously you're a key worker and you know this is the testing provisions. If, if um, you feel you need to be tested and, and this is the steps you need to be taken, so you know, signpost them to the website that they can go on and then book book in in the test. I think when you look at reasonableness and, and as a as a caring and reasonable employer. Um, you know the responsibility is there certainly to signpost you know the testing is done through drive-in centers and there is home kits available but um you know the employer certainly would be asking the employee to complete a questionnaire before returning to work and um, you know regarding any symptoms and, and perhaps fr- from that you know you would be moving on to to test and if, if an employee is showing symptoms they, they should most definitely self isolate and you know um it's, it's just about employers there are being mindful with all this data that they're now collating um, for, on behalf of the employee, you know, with, with GDPR and data protection, um, that you know they're complying with those regulations.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, just in terms of documentation being required, then upon the return to to workplace, um, are there any key documentation pieces that are required?
1: So I think firstly, Ronan, um, a written record of, of on furlough should be, should be kept um, by the employer, an unfurlough letter for each worker. So, you know, you're having a letter there placing them on furlough and then you're having a letter to follow that paper trail that they've been unfurloughed. So you're really clear and complete clarity on all your dates. Um, you know, that confirms their period from end to end of furlough leave and, you know, that they have returned to, to normal duties. Again, you know, when employers on furlough workers on a stage based. Is the employers will need to create a plan of, of who to unfurl, and then the rationale and the reasoning behind you know why those employers have been selected employees have been selected
0: mm-hmm. is uh, is furlough probably one of the most uh most common things you're coming across at the moment at the hr elephant or are you experiencing um a range of different issues uh, with the with the recent uh, covid pandemic yeah,
1: so you know, there's lots of different issues at the moment. Um, certainly, furlough uh, overwhelm would be be the first. So uh, you know, a HR professional at this moment in time can can uh, work anything from a you know uh, ear ear to cry to you know, let's social worker. And you know, I think. There are so many different aspects to the working from home. So like you said, you will know with HR Locker, you know, having the policies and procedures in place to, to enable um, the employees working from home. So having, you know, your remote working policies and procedures in place and, um, you know, having having your, your welfare um, policy in place. Mental health is, is a massive um, aspect of what we're looking at now in terms of, of of coming forward with employers and queries about, you know, how, how do you manage mental health in the workplace when you actually have a physical workplace is one aspect of it. But, you know, when you move that to remotely, it's very difficult to manage. Um, and, and it's hard. So there's a number of employers now looking at, at the likes of the, the mental health first aid training. So to appoint either, you know, managers or employees to go and do the training. And then, you know, like a normal first aider, they're able to, to you know, spot, and, and assist um, with with any signs or symptoms or, you know, just being there for someone to actually to chat to if anybody has issues. Again, stereotypically in our society, we, we don't talk about things like that. And it's about encouraging the employers and employees to be as open as possible, how you would do that at the moment. And, and what we're really trying to work with our clients and, and employers is keeping open lines of communication. So regardless if you have had no updates and, you know, you're pulling your hair out as the employer, pick up the phone if, if you have a small number of employees or if you have line managers to, to ring their team. Check in with, with your employees if they're working remotely or they're not working, you know, if they're key workers. Check in with them to see how they are. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's so important. And, and, you know, what is HR? It's all about employee relations. And employee relations just basically comes down to the fundamentals of communication, mm-hmm. And you know, and how that is either successfully or unsuccessfully done. Really, you know looks at, at what course of action we take when, when either HR becomes involved or when we're trying to, to sort out a situation or a problem, you know. Communication, um, certainly mental health, furloughing, unfurloughing. Then what we're actually planning at the moment, and, and obviously with you know workforce planning, we're, we're looking at... Um, at redundancies and you know if, if we do have a timeline furlough obviously has been extended now and um, but but it, it's the it's going to be changed in, in you know July August as, as maybe the part-time provision that'll be implemented with it so the government's looking at that and that possibly will mean the employer has to provide 20% and, and you know the um, government will provide 60% some businesses won't, won't actually be able to do that Financially, if they've nothing coming in, they will not be able to, to pay the employer. So starting to plan, um, you know, the provisions for redundancy and then looking at the workforce planning to see, you know, what will their business actually survive or, you know, is that the end of the road, unfortunately, for that business? Mm-hmm.
0: That's um, extremely insightful and educational. Um, some very good points there. And you definitely cleared up furlough for me anyway. <laughs> um, uh, On if people want to get in contact with you, how would they go about that?
1: Okay, so we are on most of the, the social media platforms, uh, The HR Elephant, um, the likes of Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, it's on HR Elephant. And um, we have our website, www.thehrelephant.com um, or Anya at thehrelephant.com. I'm happy to help.
0: Excellent. Perfect. Absolutely brilliant. Anya, really, thanks so much for joining us.
1: No bother. No bother at all.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of HR Talk with HR Locker, the podcast that brings you all things HR, adult development, remote working, and deliberately developmental organizational culture. We're available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and tune in for the next episode.